Welcome to Smarter Marketing, a podcast aimed at demystifying marketing. We talk with leading marketing experts to learn about how things are changing in the field, what things really matter, and how to take advantage of them in the real world. I'm Dan Faulkner. And I'm Peter Mahoney. So, Peter, why don't we kick things off by telling everyone a little bit about ourselves. Um, Why don't you go first? Great. Hi, everyone. I'm Peter, and I am the founder and CEO of a company called Plana. But most importantly, I've spent the last 30 years in uh, tech marketing and product-related stuff, and I'm a bit of a nerd by education anyway. I have degrees in physics and computer science, and I'm sort of an accidental marketer. Uh, And uh, I've uh, been uh, at this for a long time and and love talking about new marketing things. And Dan, what about you? Uh, So I have um, kind of uh, I'm a marketing oriented nerd. If you're a a, a nerdy oriented marketer, (laughs) (laughs) I'm um, uh, I've been uh, working um, professionally now for about 25 years. And uh, I have degrees uh, in linguistics and language, in uh, more technology-oriented things like speech and language processing, and I also have uh, a degree in marketing. Uh, So a big chunk of my career has been in research, doing AI, uh, particularly virtual assistants and chatbots and uh, speech recognition and things like that. Um, And uh, now I'm also working with Peter as the CTO at Planner. So that's us. Um, Peter, why don't you uh, talk to folks about why we're doing this? Yeah, that's a great point, Dan. We we decided to do this because as we've been building this company, and and Plana is uh, a company that makes some really great tools to help marketers build and manage and collaborate on their marketing plans and budgets. Uh, One of the reasons I built the company was that I really enjoy working with marketing people and helping them. And when I was at my last job, I was the chief marketing officer at a $2 billion software company called Nuance, and we made voice and AI stuff. And along the way, we acquired about 100 companies, believe it or not. So I had the opportunity to sort of onboard lots of great marketers, a lot of them earlier in their career, some of them a little later in their career. And I really liked coaching people and helping people understand what was going on and applying my technical background with a long history of doing marketing stuff. And I thought we'd do the same kind of thing in this podcast. Does that sound good to you, Dan? Yeah, that that makes sense to me. Um, And uh, I think one thing we've both observed is that uh, both as people who've run marketing organizations uh, and as we've worked with folks in marketing organizations, there's an insatiable appetite for uh, knowledge about what are other people doing and is what I'm doing smart? Is it the right thing to be doing? Um, but there's precious little information out there. So I think we're trying to maybe fill a little bit of that gap as well and help people get some insight from from the experts. Yeah, should I give the Lisa example? I think that's a great idea. Okay, good. So we talked about this before. Can you tell how prepared we are? So <laughs> just what we'd like to do in in this podcast is we're going to interview a bunch of great experts. In fact, I talked to someone just yesterday, I had a great conversation with 
a really smart marketing leader who I've worked with over the years, and I'm not going to use her name. Besides, I already said it's Lisa, but I won't give you her last name because I didn't ask her before. But it's the kind of conversation that we want to have, and I'll just summarize a couple of the things that we talked about. She took on a role running marketing for a really cool, fast-growing company here in the Boston area, and they had very little marketing before, and she asked me, how do I start? And it was a really cool discussion because it really summarized some of the challenges and opportunities that marketing people have as they figure out what to do next, especially in an early stage company, because people have that, you know, that blank sheet problem that people have. They don't know where to get going. And so what we talked about was the fact that, first of all, you need to start by understanding what the business goals are from the CEO. What's the CEO trying to achieve? Uh, do you want to get new customers? Do you want to get first customers? Do you want to get visibility? Do you want to sell more to the same customers? Uh, and what what's really keeping the CEO up at night? And then the second thing we talked about was really defining the target audience and who the customer was. And I've been really surprised, and Dan, I know you've seen this too, where where there's disagreement, even in some pretty mature companies, about who the customer is. And that can be really scary because if you're not really focused on, on who the customer is, then obviously you're not marketing in the right direction. So understand the business goals, understand who the customer is, and then translate that into a set of marketing goals that you're trying to achieve. And the marketing goals start to sound a lot like the business goals, but they may be things like generate a million dollars of revenue, generate $3 million of pipeline, create a bunch of leads, create visibility, launch a product, things like that. But you have to write those down and not only what the goals are, but what the measures of success are So, for instance, if you say, I want to grow my business, well, by how much and by when? So those things are kind of important. And then the last thing that we talked about was defining the marketing strategy. And this is what I mean, because a lot of people get confused uh, about that concept. But the, the marketing strategy is really important because you need to understand what the strategy is before you figure out what tactics you're going to use. So as an example, if you are focused on a target market where you have a thousand customers that fit within your target market, you might have a targeted account strategy. So that's how you're going to go after those customers. And you might use things like account-based marketing to try to achieve that. That would be your overriding marketing strategy. If you're a company like ours at Plana, where we're a very broadly deployed, high-velocity kind of business, you have a digital marketing strategy and a content marketing strategy, so a combination of those things. And that's really important when you start making decisions because you have to figure out when someone comes to you and says, someone in sales says, hey, I want to sponsor this golf tournament or why aren't we buying more Google ads, then you need to be able to credibly look at them and say, well, let's look at the strategy that we all agreed on. And the strategy is account-based marketing. So I don't know that getting a TV ad is the right thing to do. So that's that's the kind of discussion we had. And I, I think it was 
it, for her, it was super clarifying, and it seems like a set of simple steps, but it's the kind of thing that we we often talk about when we talk to, to new Planet customers to help them figure out how to, how to get going. Does that make sense, Dan? Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And um, I think the, the point that you made a second ago about uh, an exec or, um, you know, a salesperson coming in and saying, to the marketing team, hey, can I have $20,000 to just go and sponsor this event? Or can I, um, I need to take, you know, 30 of my customers to a, to a great slap up meal. If you don't have agreement around what the strategy is going to be and why you're doing what you're doing, uh, you really don't have a reason to say no to that, even though in your gut you might know that's not the right thing to do. So if you've got it written down, if everyone's aligned, uh, it's it's a good way to get going. So that's awesome. Um, and and hopefully over the course of the podcast, we'll be able to bring in lots of different angles of marketing, some of them high-level strategic points, some of them kind of tactical, some of them are going to relate to how technology uh, like AI and machine learning are being applied to uh, help folks in marketing. Um, and and that kind of leads me into my next question, Peter, which is, you know, what's the structure of this going to be? It's, it's not just going to be us yapping at each other every week, is it? No, the goal is for us to bring in some leading experts from the industry. And Dan and I have some great networks of experts that we've known. And we're going to be reaching out to people we don't know, which will be fun, too, to bring them in and ask them questions about topics that are top of mind for, for all of us. So that, that may be, as Dan mentioned, uh, how do you think about uh, AI and machine learning or chatbots? Or it may mean, how do you think about what's your data strategy? Or what do you think about storytelling? So all these things, different kinds of topics, we want to bring in experts who are leading thinkers in these areas to help us all collectively understand how we might apply them to, to our companies and our marketing situations. Great. All right. Well, um, I know a marketing expert you do. who do happens tell. to be here who we could actually do our first interview with. Um, so we'll, we'll kick off, Peter. I'm going to ask you a few questions. Excellent. Um, so um, I think maybe it would be helpful for folks. Uh, you, you just touched on it a little bit earlier, but let's talk a, bit, a little bit about why you started Planner. You've been in marketing for, uh, you know, you've been a CMO for 20 plus years. Um, why do Planner now? Yeah, Dan, it's funny because first of all, I've always wanted to build something from the start uh, and... So this is an itch that I wanted to scratch for a very long time. But why specifically Plana and, and why this product and this company came from a huge need that I saw in the marketplace. I was shocked, as I mentioned, when Dan and I worked together at this company, Nuance, we acquired about 100 different businesses. So I saw over and over again the same kinds of things where people really struggled with the planning, planning and budgeting side of marketing, which seemed like sort of boring rote stuff at one level. But when we looked at the detail and said, well, what does this all matter? It turns out that it's one of the most important things that you can do in marketing is figure out what it is that you actually should be doing. Uh, and 
I, I realized that people didn't have good tools and they weren't planning the right way. So in a lot of cases, and you see as an example, when people build their marketing budget, they start with a report from finance that said that what did they spend last year? And the what they spend last year thing tends to be a list of GL codes with spending on PR and tchotchkes and, uh, and media and things like that. So they, they focus on what they spent, but not why they spent. And the why they spent right. thing is really pretty critical. So it, we, we thought that there's an opportunity to build a set of tools to help people build plans and budgets that would help them actually achieve their business goals. Seems like a pretty simple idea. So that that was really the story, the origin behind market. And I'll tell you the one little aha moment I had. Uh, I was using a personal finance tool called Mint. Uh, and, and Mint is a great tool that has since been acquired by Intuit. And uh, because it's a really elegant, beautiful, simple product that allowed people to get their arms around their personal finances. And one of the things that I really liked about it is that you start by putting in your goals. What do I want to achieve with my finances? Do I want to send my kids to college? Do I want to buy a house or a car? Do I want to retire? Uh, And I I thought it was a really cool idea. And I thought, well, why doesn't someone build Mint for marketing? And I said, ah, aha, that that must be me. That's what I have to do. So that's, that's how we started the company. That's great. And uh, the uh, the examples really resonate with me. And the point of why are we doing what we're doing in particular? Um, and I, I've seen that from, from two angles. And I think you have two. One is there's the person who's actually responsible for the plan, um, meaning the, you know, the plan for the year. Uh, and they tend to maybe build that, put a huge amount of effort into it at the beginning of the year get everybody aligned around it or as many people as they can at the beginning of the year. And then that's that, that it's never opened again. And and maybe just the tactics and as the year progresses, they may drift away from the plan and, and start just executing for execution's sake. The second sort of the flip side of that coin, um, is you, you made the point that people know what they're doing, but not necessarily why. That's because often the people who who may not have seen that original planning document couldn't possibly know why. And it's really important from a communication perspective that they understand what the goals are and 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 stay attached to those throughout the year, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I I talk about the white binder problem where what people do is back in my I'm aging myself now, Dan, but uh, these days you might put it in a PowerPoint. Uh, document or or even in a, a Google presentation, whatever you call those things, Google yeah. Slides, I guess. When you started, it was like slates and foils. Exactly. <laughs> but what we used to do at the beginning of the year is we'd print out the plan with all the goals and we'd put it in a white binder, a white three ring binder, and we'd stick it on the shelf and we, we would periodically go back and, and look at it. Uh, but it was certainly wasn't a living dynamic document. And more importantly, it wasn't in front of us all day when we were making these decisions. We, we tended to make an, one, one other little story, Dan, is, is what I used to do, I, I drive people crazy, is I'd go, when I was a CMO, I'd go three or four levels below me to an individual marketing manager and say, show me your plan. 
And and what they typically do is they show me a spreadsheet with a bunch of stuff they were spending money on. And I said, well, what does this have to do with our goal of acquiring new customers? And they'd usually say, uh, I, that's I don't a goal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's what happened all the time. And, uh, and uh, this disconnect between the plan and the budget was a huge issue. That's why Dan coined the word pludge it, which is, (laughs) you're so proud of Which is why I'm now the CTO. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, All right. Excellent. So, so um, what, what would success look like for you? What would make you feel really satisfied that, that planner had become mint for marketing? I, I think about the impact that I believe we can have. And one of the things that got me most excited about my role as a CMO was helping and coaching people do better marketing. And ultimately, I, I think that if we do our job well at Plana, we can make better marketers uh, and we can help them achieve more and achieve better results. Uh, and and that's at the end of the day, I think, what results look like. And that implies a whole bunch of things, obviously. And it means that we're going to get out there in a really big way and have a lot of people using it and see a lot of success in a, in a lot of other metrics. But I think ultimately is if we can help people be better marketers, that's really what we want to do at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree. Um, but of course, marketing's uh, a huge discipline. That, that touches lots of, of different parts of the business and, and there are you know many sub-disciplines within it. So our goal obviously is to help people improve and, and do their best and get the biggest bang for the buck out of their plans and their budgets. Um, what are some examples of companies that you think are helping marketers be better in other sub-disciplines of, of marketing? Yeah, I think there are a lot of great marketing technology companies out there these days. In fact, the list is now over 7,000. If you look at Scott Brinker's list of the marketing landscape, it's a stunning number. But there are a few companies that I guess I'd point out that I think are emblematic of the potential for improving marketing. One uh, that most people know, obviously, is companies like HubSpot. I think they've done a really great job advocating for content marketing or their brand, which they call inbound marketing. They did a great job marketing using their own technology, using their own their own approaches. Uh, and I think that not everybody who uses these approaches is perfect at it, but I think they've certainly risen the state of the art of marketing because of the work that they've done and the technology that they built. So I think they're, they're an example of, of a good one. I think they're... There are companies like Google who've done an amazing amount by just enabling the amount of data that we all have as marketers and making it easy and approachable to go get a bunch of information so we can make much more informed decisions. I think that's a really cool one. Third one would be I this company Drift. I think Drift has done a really good job sort of moving yeah. forward from where... HubSpot was and really sort of stretching the idea of conversational marketing. And and you'll hear through this podcast that Dan and I are both kind of uh, uh, chatbot and AI nerds. And I think you'll hear a lot of things like that. Uh, And I I think that Drift has done a really good job bringing 
the uh, chatbot to the to the front end of the of the sales and qualification process. And then the last one I'll mention is is one that most people probably don't know, but one that uh, it's started by a friend of Dan and mine is uh, a company called uh, Autom- Automate.ai uh, is taking the chatbot to consumer scale. Uh, and uh, a guy by the name of Andy Morrow started this company, and he's done a really great job of taking yep. very sophisticated, using all the sort of consumer scale data that you have with consumer scale brands into a much more sophisticated real AI interactions with chatbots. So I think that's sort of a glimpse into what the future could be of AI and marketing, which is really exciting. Awesome. Yeah, I agree. Um, they're, they're all great examples. Um, so, all right, that brings us to the end of our, our interview, Peter. Thank you for that. Well, I hope you enjoyed the first episode of the Smart Marketing Podcast. We'll be back soon with more interviews from industry experts. If you would like to get in touch with us in the meantime, you can contact us through email. Please send us a note at smarter.marketing.pod at gmail.com. Or you can uh, follow us and contact us on Twitter. And our Twitter handle is at smartermarketi1. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.